people often talk about their significant others and where they're falling short. So I tell people, think of what that person brings to your life in other ways. The things they do that are so nice and helpful and loving and why you love that person. I'm Lindsay. I'm here to teach you proven strategies to be your own therapist that will take you from anxious to relieved. I'm here to help you feel lighter and hopeful while building a life full of meaning. I'm a licensed anxiety therapist running a successful private practice in New York City. So from someone that gives therapy and has been in therapy, I'm here to help you use the formula that moved me forward through serious anxiety in my own life. So follow along as I share what works and what doesn't. This is Unlock Your Therapy. Hello, and welcome to the Unlock Your Therapy podcast. This is session number six. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I'm really loving doing this podcast every week. I think it's just a great way for me to give more information, connect with people. You know, Instagram gives me all of 15 seconds at a time to deliver any kind of information, and it's very hard for me to do that. So I'm just really enjoying the podcast. And thank you so much for listening. I've been getting so many messages from people I didn't even expect to be listening. It's very nerve wracking knowing that people are listening to me and this is out in the world, but I'm really enjoying it. So anyway, getting into today's episode, we have high and low. I have an update on a previous high that became a low and now is my high again today. The low, I'm just thinking of all things September for my kids and I will tell you more about that. Skill of the week. So this is an interesting one. The skill of the week is going to be how to deal with someone that's your opposite, whether that's in a relationship or someone that you're friends with, a family member, Someone that just drives you crazy sometimes and how to deal with that. So we're going to talk a lot about that. And the action item of the week is going to be related to assertiveness and sharpening that skill of yours. So we don't have anxiety today because I want to get more into the relationship pieces. So we're just going to skip that this week and we'll get back to it next week. Okay, starting off with high. So in a previous episode, I mentioned we, meaning me and Dan, are selling a co-op in Manhattan that we had. We wanted to sell it during the pandemic because the building changed a lot of the sublease rules. So essentially, we're no longer going to be able to rent this studio we have out to anyone. And we're certainly not moving back into a studio apartment. And it's unfortunate because it's a beautiful co-op there and Dan essentially grew up in that building and it's just sad and I'm sure it's really hard for him and it's unfortunate. When we started dating, his apartment I would go to all the time. So it just has really nice memories and it is bittersweet to sell it. But in a previous episode, we received an offer after a while of having it listed, um, which was great, but then it fell through. 
So that was really unfortunate. We were pretty upset. And but we kept moving forward. Our realtor's great. We love him. So after a few more weeks, we got an even better offer. We got full ask of our listing and it's moving along. So I'm crossing my fingers that it works out this time. We are signing the contract soon. So I just hope it goes through. Anyway, that's my high. And essentially selling that co-op, even though it's sad, allows us to look into some property in Vermont. We love Vermont. I especially am just so in love with Vermont. If you haven't been, you need to go. I randomly went there just like, I don't know, maybe I saw someone post something about it. And I was like, I want to go to Vermont. I found our first Airbnb we've ever stayed in years ago when we even heard about Airbnb. And me and Dan went there. We stayed there. We loved it before kids. I think we took both our dogs. And ever since we've been going back to Vermont at least once a year, maybe twice a year sometimes, but typically once a year in the summer. And we just absolutely love it. There's no people there. It's so bizarre living in New York City and then going to Vermont. When we go to Vermont, we were driving around and we passed by a lake with like a beach and bathrooms and a parking lot. You know, a lake that here in New York, you would drive two hours north and it would be packed with people, blasting music, just a very unpleasant experience. And in Vermont, we drove past this lake and there was nobody there. We were like, is it closed? This is so strange. No, there was just nobody there because there's not that many people in Vermont. And they have so many lakes and trails and state parks and... I mean, it's just chock full of swimming holes and waterfalls and covered bridges you can swim under. And just wherever you look, there's little places to pull over and they make parking spaces on the side of the road because they know people are going to want to pull over and swim in the river. They make a little trail down to the river so you can go swimming there. Like it's just very free to enjoy nature and it's not really regulated with a park ranger staring over your shoulder. You can really just enjoy yourself and be alone. So that was amazing. We, we went to that lake and Dan swam across the length of the lake and back. And it was just so enjoyable to be the only people there. It was wild. And since then, we found many lakes and swimming holes where we're the only people there. We went to one of the state parks. I forget the name of it. It's in Londonderry. And the same thing, like there was only like one other family at this huge lake there. And it was just gorgeous, amazing. And we went swimming. We brought Carson there. I think he was like one. We had him in a pack and play on the beach. And we would just like swim right near him in the water. And it was just so fun. So anyway, that's just a long tangent. But that feeds into my high because it's not just about selling this studio. It's about possibly buying land in Vermont. And we're going to possibly make it into an investment property with an Airbnb. And hopefully also a place for us to stay when we want to go up there. So we have some different ideas and it's exciting and fun to just think about. And now that we have an offer, I can think about it more and daydream about it. And it's just really nice. Okay. The low is I'm just having a hard time weighing out all the school options for Carson and Everett in September. I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but his old school called me and they got into the, the free 3K program, which is great. 
But now I'm just weighing out because they have a program for Everett, for the baby. He's six months this week. And I'm not sure I'm ready to send him to daycare. (laughs) I have a nice, great babysitter who comes and she speaks Spanish, which is really important to us that the kids learn Spanish. Dan is fluent and I am not. So we just try to get as many other people to help reinforce that as possible. Um, I'm working on it, but it's, you know, it's best to have some native speakers around our children. So she comes and it's been great. She's so helpful for me. But, you know, daycare is cheaper than having a babysitter come. And his old school, their baby program, they just increased the price significantly. So it's much more expensive than this other school that Carson got into for 3K. It's much more affordable. The program for Carson there is great. I love it. They gave me a virtual tour because they're still not allowed to let people in. But I'm just not sure forever. I mean, I saw the infant room and... It's okay. It's just like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe my standards are really high. Just seems not very like, I don't know, not what I want him to be in all day. It's like a small room. Doesn't look that stimulating. It just kind of looks kind of, I don't know, not bright and cheery. Just looks a little cluttered and disorganized. And I don't know. I think I'm being too picky. So I don't know what I'm going to do because I want them to go to the same school, just easiest for drop off and pick up, obviously. But I like the program for Carson, not as much for the baby. So I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet to be determined, but that's my low. But I keep thinking of that other podcast I listened to where they talked about that there's no wrong decision. There's just different options and there's pros and cons to each. It's not like one is going to be absolutely horrible. And you know what? I'll probably be pleasantly surprised. And they they both have great ratings. It's not like I'm sacrificing a good program. They have great, amazing ratings, no health inspection violations, etc. They're highly regarded places, both of them. So we'll see. I don't know. I created something brand new, the No More People Pleasing mini course. I help women to stop people pleasing and put themselves first without the guilt. What would life look like if you could stop asking your partner to order food for you in a restaurant or ask your boss for that raise you're long overdue for? I'm gonna teach you four proven strategies, research proven strategies that's gonna bring you from people-pleasing and passive to empowered and confident. You're gonna use my outline, my scripts, my beautifully designed PDFs to get the exact skills you need to become more assertive in your life. I'm gonna teach you four skills through my videos and worksheets that's gonna bring you to a place of confidence and being assertive in your life. You're gonna get my beautifully designed self-esteem daily journal to print out, my practice assignments to start changing your mindset and your behaviors. If you sign up now before I launch, you can get it for $29. That's the lowest it will ever be. And I'm giving everyone who signs up now a bonus gift. So go to at Unlock Your Therapy on Instagram, click the link in my bio to get on the list. Okay, next up, skill of the week. Skill of the week, I really want to talk about, you know, the whole theme of these next few weeks of the podcast is leading into 
my mini course on no more people pleasing, right? So that's kind of the, the theme going on. So the skill of the week is how to you deal with someone that's your opposite. So whether that's in a relationship or friendship, someone in your family, someone you just really clash with, like you're just total opposites, your personalities are opposites. So me and Dan are very much opposites in some ways. Dan is very laid back. He's late to everything. <laughs> he procrastinates a lot on most things in life, except the important things like, you know, anything finances or bills or whatever he's great about. He's, you know, that's not a problem, but just everything else he procrastinates about, like putting something together or cleaning out the car or whatever it is. He's not great at doing house chores. So these things about Dan do drive me crazy from time to time if I focus on those. I can have a whole argument in my head with him and rile myself up if he's not even in the room. But what I try to remember and is really true is that Dan is great at so many other things, different things that contribute to our family, our lifestyle, saves me time during the week. For example, I could give him a list of groceries to get, like a really long list at like Costco or Trader Joe's, and he will get every single item on the list and the correct item. Like he won't bring me back something that's like, oh, this is similar, but not the right one. No, he will track down every item on my list unless they don't have it for some reason. Or he'll go to CVS and pick up a prescription I need. Or he's going to bring my car to get this thing taken off of it for me. So in that way, he's so great at running errands. I think it's because he's has ADD, but I think it's helpful in this context. Anything where he can go outside and actively do something, so incredibly helpful. And that saves me so much time. I don't like doing those things. He always laughs at me. Like if he calls me, he's like, oh, can you stop at the store and pick this up for me? I'm like, oh God, like I act like it's the end of the world because I just hate that. I hate like having to stop at the store and go into a store for a few items. I do not enjoy grocery shopping. I have my groceries delivered whenever possible. So he's super helpful in that way. He takes King, King is our dog. <laughs> he takes King to the park. He takes Carson out by himself hiking in the woods for hours to give me a break just to let me like clean up the house and play music and watch my show and just have some time, you know, just chilling at home. And he's out with Carson doing lots of things. He takes him to the pool to go swimming, you know, so many things like that. So I have to remember all of those things when I start to get really angry. <laughs> and I typically get angry when I'm cleaning my house. I think this is a thing for people. And maybe especially women, when you're cleaning your house, well, maybe not if you live alone, but if you're cleaning your house and you have a family, I think it's normal to get worked up and angry as you're cleaning. I think it's like resentment that you have to clean everything. You get all hot and flustered. I mean, that happens to me anyway. I don't know if that's other people, but I think it's a thing. <laughs> so the skill comes in by trying to think of what the person does that is helpful in other ways. And I tell my clients a lot, you know, I tell them this in therapy all the time. People often talk about their significant others and where they're falling short. And I especially hear it around housework. And trust me, I get it. 
you know, I also tell people an option is, you know, you could have your significant other chip in for a cleaning person to come, you know, periodically and just that would help reduce resentment as well. <laughs> that's always an option. If money can solve the problem, that's nice. I can't always though. So I tell people, think of what that person brings to your life in other ways. Like if you have differences with a family member or a mother-in-law and you butt heads, maybe she pitches in and watches your kids here and there and it's super helpful for you. And trying to remember that and hold on to that when she says passive aggressive comments or drives you crazy, you know, that can be helpful. You know, just thinking about any little ways. If you butt heads with a, your sister or your mom or an aunt or whoever, really trying to think of the things they do that are so nice and helpful and loving and why you love that person. And in couples therapy, I do couples therapy in my private practice. One of the things we ask people in the first session is what made you fall in love with this person? What qualities in the other person did you love? And often people will say the same qualities that now drive them insane, right? If I were to say it about Dan, I would say, oh, that he's free spirited. He's so laid back. He's not worried about anything. He's carefree. Uh, he's active and goes out into nature and doesn't worry about things. And you know, those could be the same things that drive me crazy, right? Oh, he's too carefree, procrastinates, he doesn't get things done, right? I could work up a whole complaint list out of those same qualities. So I just try to point out to people when you're falling in love and you're in this honeymoon phase, you glorify those qualities about the other person and opposites often attract. So those same qualities, they still have them. It's just that when you're you know, sharing a household and chores and responsibilities and the daily stress and things are stressful, those qualities come out in different ways that are not helpful. But they're still the same person that you love, you know, hopefully. <laughs> so that's the skill of the week is to use acceptance. And I don't mean it as you're just giving in, you're just like, you're just accepting this is how this person's always going to be. And this is your life with them in this negative way, right? But I do think we're not going to change people necessarily, but that's different than not working on things together. Because I think, especially with couples therapy, the goal of that is to create empathy for one another. We're not really trying to change people. We're trying to get the other partner to see why one feels the way they do and to validate how they feel, to listen to how they feel, understand you know, why they feel that way. If they were in their shoes, wouldn't they feel similar? And can they understand more, right? And by creating understanding, there might be little things they can do just to help support, but not things out of character, right? We're not going to ask someone to do something that that's just really out of character for them. Like I would never ask Dan to wake up at 8 a.m. and clean the house for me because that would be helpful. That's not helpful. Like he's not going to do that. And it's going to be a whole fight if that were to be some kind of new expectation of mine. That's ridiculous. So you have to think within the parameters of that person and just trying to think of little ways they can support you. You know, if you're cleaning, send them out to run errands at the same time so you don't get all angry at them or, you know, little things like that. So try to practice it. Think of things that they're really helpful at that save you time make your life easier. And hopefully that helps. 
So action item of the week is goes right along with my mini course that's coming out. It is to say no to one request this week. It could be something small, but I want you to try to say no to something to lighten your load, keep your schedule open, or say you'll see, kind of just keep your schedule more open and not commit to helping someone out, to doing things as readily as you probably do. The other option is to ask for help for one item this week. So say no to a request or ask for help for one item. It could be something small, but it often makes people uncomfortable, especially my anxious people out there. I feel you (laughs) to ask people for help and thinking of things people could help you with. So for example, if you have someone coming over, a lot of times people say, can I bring something? Is there something I can do? I want you to say, yes, yes, I forgot the paper towels at the store. Could you bring me a roll of paper towels? I don't care if it's something random like that. Or actually, yeah, could you bring a bottle of red wine? Could you bring a bottle of seltzer? I don't have any seltzer in the house. Could you bring ice? We don't have ice in the freezer. Something small but helpful. Or it could be if you don't have any situation coming up that you need to ask someone for help necessarily, I want you to go into a store and ask for help or into a library and ask for a specific book and make them help you find it. Or go into a shoe store, ask to try on three different pairs of shoes and have them go in the back and get your size. And these are often smaller shoe stores that, you know, they have to go in the back to get your size and bring you the shoes and you leave without buying any. Or go into a store, ask for change for a dollar and don't buy anything in the store. Just say, hey, I need four quarters. This is probably more common like in the city, but whatever. (laughs) Something like that. Or go into Panera or Starbucks and ask for a glass of water a cup of water to go and don't buy anything. You know, these are little ways you ask for help and you're not reciprocating anything. You're not doing anything for the other person. You're simply receiving something you need or want and you're not giving anything in return. So people look at me like, Lindsay, how the heck is this going to help me with assertiveness? But it really helps you get more comfortable or at least being able to tolerate the distress of being uncomfortable with asking for help from others, not having to reciprocate all the time, or saying no to someone when they need you to do something for them. So all this ties in to the mini course that's coming out. I have even more things like this in the course, but I hope you try to practice a little bit this week and see what happens. Even if you think you're assertive already, just try it anyway. You know, if it's maybe it's something that you always say yes to everything and you always volunteer for everything at work or whatever it is, think of some way that this might help you. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Follow me on Instagram. I share a lot of my daily life there. You'll see a lot of pictures of Carson and the baby and things in my stories. I try to post funny reels that go along with mental health. So come over to Instagram at Unlock Your Therapy. The link in my bio signs you up for the mini course interest list. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.